Hello, and welcome to the podcast Wellness Matters for Direct Support. This is a podcast developed by the University of Minnesota's Institute on Community Integration. Wellness Matters for Direct Support will focus on the importance of health, wellness, and self-care for direct support workers. I'm Mark Olson, one of your hosts, and I have to acknowledge that our friend Chet Cheddar, who is usually co-hosting with me, is off doing a wellness thing right now. She'll be back with us for the next broadcast, so um, I look forward to having her back shortly. Today we have Linda Lottie Anderson. She's our PI on this project, which stands for Projects uh, Investigator, which is a weird term that, that we use in research that uh, really is just that she's she's the head person. She's going to share with us a little bit about why and what we're doing with this, but then also we'll get into some very specific topics around uh, flourishing and wellness and those things and how they're kind of the same and different in a way. So... What I'd like to do is introduce Linda. Linda, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and, and, and why you why this is important to you? Sure. I was a direct support professional, um, one of my first jobs, and did that for quite a while. I worked in uh, providing residential supports to individuals with intellectual disabilities back in the days when all, all services were ICFs. Um, intermediate care facilities. There was no community support services at that time. We um, were live-ins um, back also in those old days. They used to be house parents. And so we lived in a house with six adults who had an intellectual disability. We shared the house together. And we did that for four years. And then I worked as a frontline supervisor and I worked as a project director and I worked as a case manager. So I've spent a lot of time um, working providing supports to people in some manner or another. I'm interested in wellness and, and direct support workers because it's a tough job. Um, I remember stretches of time where we didn't have relief staff on weekends and we worked months with, without a break. It can, um, it, it can be, it can be a lot of stress and burnout if we don't take care of ourselves. And so that, is really why I'm interested in this project and this podcast that hopefully our personal experience our personal experience and our um, knowledge of the research and, and the work that we do we can share some practical information for people I'm also interested in wellness for people who have intellectual and developmental disabilities they uh, experience health disparities um, poor health outcomes because of poor access and other things to health care. And so that's also been an, a part of my work here at the University of Minnesota. So on that, before we get into the actual meat of what we're going to discuss mm -hmm. today, mm -hmm. I thought it would be really interesting for you to just share. When you were working yeah. specifically on, on wellness for mm -hmm. folks with disabilities, mm -hmm. you worked with, was it the ARC? Or was it... Um, ACL, or who was it that you worked with to kind of come up with a little curriculum oh, on yep, wellness? Yep. So that was a project that was funded by, it's called the National Institutes of Disability, Independent Living, and Rehabilitation Research. It's a very big mouthful. But they gave us funding to do uh, develop a curriculum 
a program for a wellness program for adults with intellectual disabilities. And uh, we decided that social social support is an important part of being well. And so the the project was designed that a individual with disability and a person of their choice um, would go through this program together. So it's called Partnerships and Wellness. And so the whole, all of the activities were done as a pair, all of, these, all of the, the, the weekly assignments and everything else was done as a pair. And the idea was that they would work and support each other in, in making changes in, um, in their lifestyle and daily habits that they, that they themselves chose. And so it was um, an eight week program and we focused on nutrition and physical activity and social support and relationships and um, other aspects related to um, taking care of ourselves like managing stress. So what, what I'm hearing there is that, that you have a lot of background and you have a lot of desire mm -hmm. to make sure that people are taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Let's get into the overarching questions sure. that we're going to talk about sure. today. And I'm going to just start and ask you, what is wellness? The Global Wellness Institute defines wellness as the active pursuit of activities, choices, and lifestyles that lead to a state of holistic health. So that's sort of the official definition. But it really is an, an active process that includes the choices we make, the things that we do, and then it addresses things more than just our physical health. So sometimes we think if we're not sick, then we're well, but this is much more broader than, than just our physical health. And it usually includes things like our physical health, our mental health, emotional, um, financial, spiritual, social, environmental, and our intellectual or vocational um, well-being. And, and vocational there can mean more than our job that we get paid for. It's, it's things that we choose to do, how we spend our time that are important to us and give our life meaning and purpose. And so it's vocation in a broader sense than just the job I go to. So case in point, I'm, I'll turn it to myself mm -hmm. for a moment sure. in that when I'm not doing my work here, right. I enjoy spending time doing theater, improvisational comedy, mm -hmm. things like mm -hmm. that. And those would be considered wellness because they are that vocational piece yep. that's not a paid vocational yep. piece, but it's one of those things I choose to do yep. that fulfills me. Right, and it's giving your life meaning and purpose, and it's something that you love to do. Absolutely. And DSPs really need to work on this, I would expect, because oftentimes, I know, and you, you spoke of it, DSPs, and in my experience as well, you end up working such long hours that you don't find those right. things as quickly and as yep. easily as you possibly can. So, all right. Um, what are some criticisms of the wellness movement? Sure, the wellness movement has some, has some challenges. Um, number one is that it has um, a real focus, I think, on um, uh, one of the one of the main criticisms of the wellness movement is that it really does set unrealistic expectations for people. If you look at the the images that come with like wellness messages, and you hear like what you're supposed to be doing to be well. Um, it's not always <laughs> realistic for people. Um, and, and then people can feel like it's unattainable. And so if you really love going to gym and lifting weights for three hours a day, and that's really makes you happy, that's awesome, you should do that. But that's not what we have to do in terms of like, for example, physical activity. Um, 
it's not always evidence-based, so you can get a lot of information in the wellness world that really has no standing behind it other than somebody dreamed it up and thinks it works for them. Um, and so that is a other um, criticism of wellness. And then the other thing, there's two other things um, that the wellness movement has, has some issues with being ableist um, and that almost by definition of how people think about it is that if you have a disability, you can't also be well, which is not not true at all. And there's a somewhat classist base to it too, the sort of the things that people tell you that you have to do to be well. Um, you can only eat you know, fresh organic food or you can only, um, you have to go belong to this expensive gym with all this fancy equipment, can, can make it seem unattainable for people. And which is none of that is true. Um, frozen vegetables are inexpensive and nutritious. So you don't have to have the, the organic. And if you if you like organic food and you can afford organic food and you can support organic farmers, that's great for the environment, do it. But it shouldn't be a barrier to thinking about how you take care of yourself at all. I kind of like to think about a different term that's starting to be much used much more often and it started in the mental health world and I think it fits better with sort of the person-centered thinking about um, about health and just sort of being person-centered and for ourselves and for the people we support and that is uh, flourishing and flourishing really means that we are living a happy or a good life as we define it so we all have things, different values and different things that matter to us. We all start from different places. And if we're able to do things that make us feel like we're having a good life, then that's, um, that's what's important. And so it encompasses like activities and feelings and thoughts and relationships that make us feel happy and whole. For those that haven't um, heard about person-centered thinking or person-centered processes, I'm going to take just a moment to kind of give a quick explanation of how I view that as someone who trains direct support folks in person-centered thinking. It really is about the balance of what's important to a person with what's important for a person. Now many of the things that we talk about when we think of wellness per se would be those important four items. So, you know, health and safety and, and you know, taking your medications, doing a certain amount of exercise, those things. But in order to make those things happen for folks, you really need to balance that with what is important to them. And oftentimes what's important to a person is what's going to drive being able to do that. So you might have somebody who does not really care to go to the gym to do their exercise, but they do like to walk. Well, finding a way for them to walk and maybe meet people to walk with, those types of things, would be balancing that important to them, which is that walking and something that is an exercise that they'll enjoy with uh, what's important for them, and that is just getting the exercise. So just it, it, that balance is what's important, and, and there's a lot of literature on person-centered thinking out there. You can certainly, um, I'm going to give the, uh, the email address that we have. If you have questions further about that, please ping the email address and, and, and we'll get back to you mm -hmm. about that. But all right, back to flourishing, Linda. Sure, sure. Um, while we're talking about email addresses, I, I also want to just give out a website um, that has good information about wellness and it's the, the SAMHSA website, which is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration of the federal government. And the, the web 
the website address is samhsa.gov. And so if you go there and search, they have a lot of really good information about wellness and the wellness wheel. And um, it's a great place to get more information if you're interested in that. That's wonderful that you bring that up, Linda. So what's the yeah, difference okay. between wellness okay. and flourishing? So I think wellness, they're, they're, they overlap somewhat, but I think wellness sometimes feels a bit more prescribed to me. So, and this is my, per- my personal thought, how I, how I think about it, um, in that there there's guidelines, for example, you should exercise 150 minutes a week from the CDC or there's there's this and that. And I think wellness has taken on an air... Uh, of something that that to be really well you ha- it's it's almost you have to be very driven and perfect in this sort of this pursuit of perfection um, of some ideal that's out there and it feels very external to me um, and I just base that not on research or anything but really on what the wellness industry has become if you look at images if you listen to influencers if you read books and articles by people who aren't doing research but this is sort of their personal opinion that you know there's a lot of messages about you should never eat meat or you should only eat meat or you should you have to drink your body weight in water or there's a lot of of um messages and sort of myths out there about what it means to be to be healthy that that it's unfortunate to have come into the wellness industry and the wellness concept because it didn't start that way but that's sort of where it's taken and I suppose that's what happens and maybe someday in the future flourishing will also be there but well and and I look at it as the the, the, there's a media piece to it any sales piece to it that has come in place absolutely and of course what do they want to sell they want to sell that 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 woman that's really healthy, yeah. you know, in the you know almost the size zero or the the endomorphic man with the big muscles and yeah, all of yeah, that, yeah. and so those are the images that often yeah. are equated yeah. with wellness. Yeah. When wellness is 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 much more than just absolutely those physical absolutely. attributes. In fact, for most of us, in fact, the majority of us, it's not that. It's not that you can be yeah. well and you can be any shape, yeah. any size. Yep. You know, you can have any kind of pursuit, and you find your wellness yeah, in you. Exactly. So, um, all right. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's why I like flourishing, um, because it really sort of takes it back to how we define a good life and what makes us feel happy and whole um, outside of uh, the external pressures of how we're supposed to be. For you, and yeah. I'll share as yeah. well, Yeah. what does wellness look like for sure. you? Sure, sure. Um, for me, um, the ways that I, I take care of myself and um, pursue wellness is I, um, I exercise um, almost every day. Um, and I do, I try and meet the CDC guidelines because I have a background in public health. <laughs> but but, but I, I, I do strength training because maintaining our, um, I'm, I'm getting up an age where concerned about muscle loss and bone loss is a thing. So I do strength training to make sure I'm maintaining my muscle mass and bones. I um, also uh, find nature very important to my wellness. So I like hiking and I spend as much time outside as I possibly can. Um, I have taken up Art as a, I'm not good at it, but it's a, uh, a stress reliever and a way to be mindful and just focus on something in the present and not worry about what else is going on in life. 
Um, I eat lots, uh, lots of vegetables to make my gut healthy and happy. I also struggle, frankly, with my weight, and I spend a lot of time trying to improve my nutritional input. Um, and then, then you know, my family's really important to me, too, is another um, aspect of thing that helps me feel well to make sure I'm staying connected with, with my family. All right. So now I promised that I'd share. Yep. All right. So I'll share a little bit about my wellness journey. All right. One of the things for me is that at the age of 46, I had a heart attack. And so that, you know, made wellness even more of an important thing to me. But for me, it, it involves some of the exercise and eating better. And I'm still struggling with both of those things pretty regularly. But what I found was really important for me was de-stressing. And that was one of the wellness journey pieces that, that uh, helped me flourish. And so to de-stress, I, I let go of some things that I had, I had seen as, you know, where I wanted to be in life mm-hmm. and said, I want to do some things that I enjoy and have fun. Mm-hmm. That led me to doing theater, to doing improvisational comedy, to doing things that just fulfill me more so that my avocational time, my time off from work became much more fun. Mm-hmm. I, too, love the outdoors. I, too, love my family and and, 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 and drawn to my family. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that really kind of completes me is my pets. Mm, Yes, yes. You know, and and, and for some people, that's a thing. For others, it might not be. And that's one of the reasons why I asked that question Mm -hmm. and I shared as well, Mm -hmm. Linda, is Mm -hmm. that this is that Mm person-centeredness we're talking Mm -hmm. about applied. We each have a completely different walk in what wellness is for mm-hmm. us but that's that wellness that's how we flourish right and then we can be healthier because of it so mm-hmm. all right yeah. so maybe there's next question i just yeah. answered but i'm going to still ask it yeah. how do we know when we are flourishing well i think i'm gonna i'm gonna take that to how do we know when we're stressed or experiencing burnout so real signs of stress um can be our, our brains don't function as well, so we might have a hard time making decisions. We might be forgetful. Um, we might be angry or irritable a lot. We might be have insomnia. That's like, I know I'm stressed is because I stay awake all night and my brain spins out all the horrible stories that could possibly happen. Um, we're, and we're just generally not taking care of ourselves. And, and burnout is stress that's just gone to another level where we're, we're just, we've become apathetic and we just don't care and we're just sort of lost interest in life. And so if you're feeling that way, you're probably not flourishing. Um, so flourishing, if we're flourishing, we feel pretty content that um, having, having a wide range of emotions is, is a typical normal human response. So there will be days that we don't feel great, we don't feel happy, but that's... As long as it's temporary and it goes away and it's just part of the ups and downs of, of daily living, that's fine. If you get into a stuck place where you're feeling happy and it goes on for a long period of time, that's a time to seek um, seek help from a professional. But if we feel energetic, if we feel wake up in the morning happy that the day's there, we feel hopeful, um, we feel like we have social connection and we're not feeling lonely and isolated. That's probably all pretty good signs that that we're flourishing. You can have moments of flourishing yep. in, 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 within a day, I mm-hmm. expect. And you can have moments where maybe you're not flourishing yep. so yep. much. Yep. I mean, one of the things that I did recently was, was uh, of course, got all my holiday cheer decorations and whatnot. And, and I have a bunch of those fun, fancy light bulbs that have the, uh, the flicker like a candle thing going on. 
And so I put those in a bunch of my lamps, and I turn those on, put on some nice music, mm-hmm. and I get that feeling of higa that that yeah. uh, um, or yeah that, that that we talk about. It's kind of a Danish philosophy yeah. Yeah. of just finding that just inner peace yeah. in those yeah. moments. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it you know it's for twenty minutes. Yeah. But it's a thing that. And those twenty minutes can help, um, and that's one of the things. Like when we, I also I didn't mention earlier, do a training for people who are direct support workers uh, about taking care of themselves and and being well. I should have mentioned that earlier because it's an important part of, of what I do. It's important to me to do that class, um, and we really talk about that. That a lot of people who are direct support workers are might be caring for a family member, so then it's sort of a an on all the time kind of situation you're always working or people work multiple jobs and so it's hard to find time for that and so it's important for me that people get the message that you know even taking five minutes for yourself can make a really can can really help and make a big difference that and that it's people need to give themselves permission to do that that um it's okay to, <laughs> to take care of yourself and you need to you need to do that so that um, you stay healthy, and also you, you can provide better supports if you're taking care of yourself. So that's kind of speaking to the why yeah. DSP should yeah. find it important. Yeah. So um, yeah. what does research say about direct support and in, in, in well-being? Yeah, well, it's really interesting. Colleagues of ours here at the Institute on Community Integration did a, a series of surveys of direct support workers across the United States over the past few years of the pandemic they did actually four surveys and um, a lot of direct support workers are really struggling there's a lot of people who are feeling very stressed and burned out and no longer love the work that they do Um, they're not having um, good work-life balance and that work is completely taking over their lives to the point where they can't take care of themselves or their family and so it's a workforce that's really struggling and in crisis and certainly there was some of that before the pandemic but it worsened over the pandemic and so figuring out how we can support um, direct support workers to be resilient and to manage their stress is important and you know but in the, the long term, we need to fix <laughs> the under systematic issues. But that's a that's a different conversation. But um, it's it's um it's not been an easy few years for people. But um, who provide direct support work a lot a lot happened over the past few years that added to the stress that was already going on in a profession that is really really important and usually um, undervalued. Well, and hearing you talk about the the, the actual policy changes that need to be made Mm -hmm. makes me think about you know that that's one of the things that i also would say that i've done at a time but now i'm kind of passing the torch on that and that is taking and being someone that that is working in the field and is approaching those Mm -hmm. policymakers. that was part of my wellness for Mm -hmm. a good part of my life was trying to make a difference now, sometimes when you're talking about policy and big policy like yeah, that, yep. it takes years and years yep. and years. So yep. you have to be yep. ready for the long haul. Absolutely. But, you know, maybe that's something yep. that's a part of somebody's yep. wellness Absolutely. Is, is to say, I'm going to make the change. Yep. I'm going to be the person yep. that pushes that change yep. in my neck of the woods, within my organization, yep. within my just my particular area of service. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be at any level. Mm-hmm. 
but just making the changes that, that make make wellness a part of things. So. Well, it's just it's interesting you say that because feeling like you have control is an important part of resilience um, and and wellness. And so, being active and an advocate is a is a really good way to sort of build wellness and flourishing and being resilient because you're taking action on something that um, hopefully will improve over time. Um, even if it's just going to your elected officials and telling your story, um, stories matter. Um, they, they listen to stories of constituents more than they listen to statistics from researchers. So always, you know, sharing your story. Yeah, in, 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 my, yeah. in my policy work, that's always been the case. Yeah. You have a good story that's got a hook, line, and a sinker that gets yeah. them to kind yeah. of want to support you. Yeah. But then you back it up with yeah, that research with there the research. that's exactly. there. So exactly. that's the way that you can get folks yep. to kind of listen yep. a little bit more so yep. we could go into a whole <laughs> podcast on that itself yep, that's uh, right. and we won't spend the time today because no. we're focusing on wellness and that's flourishing right. that's right that's um, right why is self-care important and you may want to define yeah. self-care sure. for us a little bit i think self-care is the things that we do for ourselves and so it is the the actions and thoughts and choices that we make regarding our own our own well-being um our brain is an amazingly plastic organ, and so the our we can retrain it um, to do to do to do things differently and think differently. It's not hard. It's hard work. Um, it takes a lot of work to do that, but it can happen. So, self care is doing those things that sort of teach our brain how how to manage stress better, um, how we might move our bodies in ways that enjoy ourselves on a regular basis, and so it is things about. Um, you know, making sure you get enough sleep, taking care of your physical health by getting those doctor's appointments and preventives and care done, and which can be difficult when you have don't have a lot of time or if you don't have good insurance. Um, I recognize that. Um, making sure that we maintain social connections with people um, and thinking about our food choices um, and, and how if they're supporting supporting us in a way in terms of being um, healthier or not. And sometimes, you know, food has, it's not just for physical reasons like hunger, but sometimes food has other purposes. Um, it's a social thing. Um, it can be a comforting thing. And so just thinking about, you know, why we're eating what we're eating and if it's helping us move forward in the goals that we want. Um, There's a whole psychology connected to food. Oh, absolutely. And, and, uh, yeah. and it's, it's one of those things that... Um, yeah, I think I contemplate every once in a while. Yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, why am I choosing to eat this yeah, when yeah. I've got this here yeah. that's healthier? Yeah, and it's like, you know what? It's because I've had a really stressful day. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I, you know, it's just yeah. I, I'm, I'm bottling it in that way, yeah. and that's one of the things that yeah. I work on yeah. to try and make the more healthy choice in those situations. Yeah. Although I don't beat myself up, yeah. self yeah. up if I don't. And sometimes and I, it's okay. To make to pick the comfort food, right? You know, it's fine. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's the thing that I think that our wellness, uh, you know, a lot of the folks that are pro providing wellness ideas that aren't providing it research base yeah. are oftentimes it's all about what they think. Yeah, and what yeah. they think yeah. is you know you yeah. have to do. Yeah, and it's not a, it's not a have to. It's not a yeah. shoulda. Yeah, you know we don't should on people. Yeah. It's okay. What what do you yep. need in this moment right. when you're at a better place? Yeah what might you do differently, right, right. you know, and, and, and you can think about it. Yeah. And, and that's one of the great things. So, all right, so we've got you here. Yeah. You've given us an opportunity to learn a little bit about wellness sure. and flourishing. Sure. What are some simple and quick ways yeah. 
for direct support folks to care for themselves. Sure. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about mindfulness first. Um, mindfulness has a lot of research behind it. Mindfulness is not meditation, so I'm not telling you to sit on uh, a cushion and um, silently for an hour. Um, for some of us, that would be an, uh, <laughs> an unpleasant experience. That would be H-E double toothpicks is what you're telling yeah, me? Yeah, but for some people that works for them and do it, really mindfulness just means um, bringing your mind and p focusing on the present and whatever you're doing. So you can be mindful in all kinds of ways. Um, you can do mindful walking where you focus on your footsteps and the, the sounds and things you hear. You can do um, mindful dishes and pay close attention to the act, actions of doing the dishes. There's all kinds of ways of being mindful. Um, and sometimes just sitting with yourself and just focusing on your breathing in and out is a way of being mindful, but it really is a way to stop worrying about the past and stop worrying about the future and just really focus on what's going on in your life right now. Um, and, my, and thinking about being mindful when, when you're with other people is um, helpful in, in, in relationships and you can get closer to people and you can understand the people you support better. There's all sorts of resources out there about mindfulness and its benefits. And there's been a lot of research about its benefits in terms of our brain health and our stress and mental health. It's a, it's a powerful tool that's actually fairly easy. And if you want to, Mark, we can do an activity right now if you want to. Let's do one. I okay. think that would be fun. Okay, this one's really, really simple. Um, just get comfortable. Um, you know, open your eyes or close your eyes, whichever works for you. And just take a couple deep breaths, the kind that sort of fills your abdomen, your stomach up. And um, just do that a couple times. And the old singer in me says, oh, breathe from the diaphragm. <laughs> breathe from the diaphragm. That's right. Okay, I would like you to think of five things that you can see. I would like you to think of four things that you can hear. Three things that you can touch. Two things that you can smell, and one thing that you can taste. And so that's called a grounding activity. It's a very simple way of sort of pulling your brain back into thinking about where you are right now and focusing on the now. It's one of those things that's really straightforward and simple that you can teach the people you support to do also, and, and it's... Um, Good to practice these things when you're feeling calm. And so then you remember it when you're feeling stressed. If you just only practice it when you're feeling stressed or the person you support is feeling stressed, you won't remember it. Well, so. and for those of you that, that are out there, I, I just want to say that in doing that, as Linda talked me through that, one of the things that, that happened is I could feel myself, all of a sudden my muscles loosened a little bit. Yeah. I was less tense. Yeah. Um, I started breathing more 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 gently and smoothly and if, if i were to take that for a little bit longer and just sit and do those breaths for a while <clears throat> it would have really calmed me even more yeah, so yeah. i could feel how that actually yeah. made that happen and it what i love about it is it's really quick yeah it's really quick it's something you can do in a minute you can 
before you get out of your car if you're going to a stressful meeting or just just anything. I think the other interesting part of the the breathing is that how we breathe can affect our heart rate. So when we're feeling anxious, our heart will beat faster. So if we slow down our breathing, it auto, it automatically also slows down our heart rate, which can help us feel a little less anxious about about situations. You've talked about nutrition, mm-hmm. social support. Mm-hmm. And the importance. Um, ah, one thing on here that we, we, we really haven't touched upon yeah. yet is the importance of sleep. Sleep. Sleep is really important. If there is, maybe other than physical activity, if the other thing that I can encourage people to really think about is, is improving your sleep. Um, and there's all kinds of things you could do. Um, dimming the lights before you go to bed. Um, Getting rid of the the screen time uh, before you know, give your brain some time to unwind from the stimulation of the screens. People sleep better in cooler rooms than in hot rooms. Some people might benefit from sleep masks or ear ear earplugs to sleep better. I, it is really hard if you're a shift worker um, to have good sleep. Shift work fights our body's natural rhythms, and so for people who do direct support, who work overnights, for example, um, it's a it's going to be a bigger struggle for you and it may be something that you want to talk to um, a healthcare provider about in terms of help with that um, but our brain our, our body needs sleep um, our brains function better uh, when we've had enough the sleep is the time when our bodies um, kind of repair itself and clean out the clean out the garbage and um, so it's really really important uh, but it doesn't everybody needs different amounts of sleep though and so the range is sort of seven to nine hours is the typical range for people. And so generally if you fall in that, um, you're probably doing fine. Some people need more, some people need less sleep. If you're not sleeping well and it's an ongoing issue, it's something to talk to um, a healthcare provider about. There are some things that over the counter that works for people, but I would again, talk to somebody who's a medical expert and not me, um, but, um, for some people, melatonin works well for sleep. For me, I, I have a lifelong problem with insomnia, and for me, magnesium is the is the, the magic thing that helps me sleep. If I'm not taking my magnesium, I don't sleep as well. Um, but that's a tricky one because if you take too much of it, you have gastrointestinal side effects. <laughs> so, so you want to you want to manage that carefully. A bit uh, of a balance yeah, thing balance you got to do there, there balance with that one. There, you know. But so I, I just really um, sleep is really important and so if you, if you could figure out how to make that happen in your life, I know it's, it can be hard. Um, that's that's a really good thing. And then the other thing I think that is that studies show without question is that human beings need social support and that having a support system is critical to being mentally and physically healthy. People who are socially isolated have poor health outcomes in terms of physical and mental health. And so however you can think about to build social support into your life, um, it's really important. It doesn't mean you have to have 700 friends. Like for some people having two, one or two solid people is, is what they want and need and that's great. But having somebody who cares about you and who you care about in your life, however that looks, is really important to being well and to flourishing. Um, support groups can work for people. Um, finding activities with people that have same interests as you is one way to get that support. 
if you're careful about <laughs> careful about it. I mean, there's also online opportunities to connect with people. Uh, Zoom has helped with that, I, you know, for the past few years. Well, I, I think that that's one of the things, and I was just thinking yeah, of that. Yeah. It's like when we ran into the COVID thing and it hit us so hard. Yeah. Um, you know, I know I was a part of multiple groups where we would get together and we. Yeah. You know, we on a Friday night we'd have our little happy hour yeah. where we'd all get together. We'd pour yeah. ourselves a drink of whatever we wanted to drink, yeah. whether it was coffee or, or you know, a beer or whatever, yeah. and a glass of wine, and we would just sit and chat for about yeah. an hour, yeah, and just be there for each yeah. other in that way. And it didn't last the entire COVID run, but initially it was really a good way for yeah. us to keep connected. And it got you through that first part of the pandemic. We didn't really know what was going on. It was a little. Well, right. stressful. Yeah. Right, and yeah. so that was yeah. one of those things where, you know, okay, that was kind of, you know, worth doing, setting that up. Yeah. I still have people to this day that were a part of that one say, you know, I really liked it when we did that. I did too, but, yeah. you know, it was just suddenly people started dropping off. Yeah. And then yeah. so it's like, okay, we're done you know, now. We're done yeah. now yeah. It served its purpose. So yep. 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 And that's okay. Yeah, um, and that is okay. But yes, I, that whole social support thing, that's another thing that I talk about with the. Uh, when I got into the theater thing, was that I found families basically. Yeah. Each time we did, I did a show. We were together, you know, every evening, until we started our run. Yeah. And so yeah. it really became almost like a family. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. And you take away good relationships and friends from that. So find those interests because your interests are the things that will help you find people that will probably be in your life for a long time. Absolutely. There's some other things that people can do that are really simple. Again, don't take a lot of time, but have um, proven benefits that people who research these things um, have found. And they research these things like, well, they do surveys, like asking you how you feel before and after, but also they look at like the, how the brain, the brain is going. But so practicing gratitude. And so every day writing down well not every day actually the research shows that if you don't do this every day just multiple days a week it actually works better but writing down things that are good from your day and it can be really tiny like if it was a rough day like you know the sun was pretty today it doesn't have to be anything earth shattering or sending thank you notes or email you know thank you emails to people those kinds of things are helpful having a spiritual practice um can be important if you have a, a faith tradition that can be really helpful in wellness and flourishing or finding some other way to meet that that need. Um, for some people, it's nature. Um, and another thing is, um, there's two things that, that are interesting and I'm that, have, that are popping up in the research that interest me. The first is awe. So like experiencing awe, which is sort of that feeling of wonder and amazement. So if you watch a beautiful sunset over a lake or you go to the Grand Canyon, you know, that feeling of like there's just something out there that's so beautiful and powerful and awe can help us feel better which is an interesting and then savoring things just really slowing down and enjoying whatever you're doing so taking time and actually eating your food in a way that you're tasting it not just wolfing it down if you're spending time with someone you care about put your phones away for a little bit <laughs> and it, it's hard um and just savor the time you're spending together because you don't know when you'll see each other again and 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 it's just um a good practice in terms of just life will feel better if you take time to enjoy even the simple things it doesn't have to be any 
earth-shattering thing. The, the walk to your car was lovely today because the sun was out and the breeze was blowing and just experience that and savor it. Um, those are other really simple things that you can do while you're doing your other things that can help build that uh, resilience and flourishing and, and feeling like life is life is going well for us. Well, one of the things that I've, I've run into is uh, we are not the best, and this is most of us, are not the best at giving ourselves positive self-talk. Yes. We tend to focus on our negative self-talk. And for every one thing that we we will say good about yeah. ourselves or we will think good yeah. about ourselves, yeah. we're going to be saying or thinking yeah. 10 things yes. that aren't so good yes. about ourselves. Yes. We need to flip that yes. script. Yeah. Let's get it to at least half and half. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'd love to yeah. get it to other, yeah. you know, where it's, it's the predominant. We look at the positive. Yeah. Um, but it's so hard. It is hard. You know, and it's one of those things that we all struggle with. Yep. But just remember, you, you, you can always look for the positive in what you've done. Like, okay, well, that happened, but what did I learn? Yeah, yeah. You know, what, yeah. what, what will I do different next yeah. time? Yeah. You know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. And you can sometimes improve Absolutely. your wellness that way. So We're very unkind to ourselves. Yeah. And that's um, hard. It is, you're right, it is a hard, hard thing to break. All right. We're coming to the end of okay. our time today. So I would like you, do you have one final thought that you'd like to give folks? I have one final thought. These are all great ideas. They, they, they can help us, they work. But if you're really struggling, therapy's okay. It's okay to get therapy. And, and maybe that's what you need in your life right now. And so check that out. And if you don't wanna go places, there's online places you can do it now. Um, and that's also an important part of taking care of ourselves is, is recognizing just as if our physical health wasn't good, that we would go to a healthcare provider who takes care of physical things. If we're struggling with our mental health, that getting therapy is might be the answer that would make things work better for you. Well, and it might be one of the things that just helps you get to that better place mm -hmm. just that much quicker. Yep. Thank you for joining us. We've had many great topics lined up to look forward to, um, and we look forward to talking with you again. Tune in for our future episodes about building resilience and taking care of your mental health. Episodes are available on your favorite podcast streaming services. If you have ideas for topics that you would like to discuss, send an email to dspwellness, all small letters, again, dspwellness at umn.edu. Share with us what you'd like us to talk about because we'll be able to look at what you guys are all concerned about. That's what we want to do. We want to bring wellness to you. This podcast is produced by the University of Minnesota Institute on Community Integration, and it is made by and for direct support professionals. Mm -hmm.